On this episode of Documental Radio, I'm speaking with John Constance. John, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Alejandro. I appreciate it, man. Looking forward to it. Let's start the discussion on stress. How about you give us an idea of your research and what you found out about this critical topic? Well, you know, like the research and the exploration into the world of stress kind of came out of uh, demand of my own experience of life. You know, I've been a I would say I'm, I'm very much a type A personality that, you know, I could, I could perform, I could go uh, nonstop and, and push myself to le- levels that I didn't think is possible. But I would also, al- always notice that when I would do that, I'd end up kind of falling into a hole of, you know, burnout, fatigue, uh, anxiety. So it, it, w- it would kind of build up over time. So I was like, you know, why? Like, I, I, you know, my friends don't seem very stressed. Why am I so stressed? So I started looking into, you know, what is stress? Why, why is it important? Why does our body undergo things like stress? And, you know, it start everything kind of led back to the brain. And the brain is your master organ, right? It's surveying, it's constantly analyzing what you're seeing, what you're experiencing. And all of those things are, it's kind of like a super, supercomputer, right? Where it takes all that information, integrates it and provides essentially information or a program for you to live your life. So going back to how that connects with stress, you know, for me, I wanted to figure out how I could either tone it down or, or be less stressed on my day to day. So I started looking at, you know, how the brain works, how it perceives stress, what it were, you know, biochemically, what is it doing from your brain to your body? And uh, it's been, it's been great. You know, it's very complicated, but it's very simple at the same time. So that's why I kind of talk about stress uh, as much as possible on Twitter and, and relay what I've learned over the years to uh, the people that follow me. For sure. When you go on social media or online in general, you'll find a lot of information out there that kind of hits the surface level of how to deal with stress, Uh, you know, in and out of COVID, you know, COVID is kind of a special circumstance, but we won't be in this forever. And I think dealing with stress is going to be across the board, one of the most important things that we can discuss and, and try to figure out the information that we have access to these days. Like I said, it kind of just touches at the top and doesn't really go in depth. And what I find in on Twitter and our community is people like you and uh, Grimhood, CK Eternity, all these individuals are really promoting the power of food to, to battle stress and, and handle mm-hmm. it. Can you touch upon that for the listeners? Absolutely. So when it comes to stress uh, and how your body deals with it, you got to think of it this way. Your brain kind of needs very simplistic things to thrive, right? It needs sunlight. It needs good food. It needs exercise. Everything else is kind of like an extra add-on, you know, the supplements, all those things. But if you have those three fundamental things down packed, also sleep is very important, but you know, that would be part of, uh, that would be part of the stress aspect, you know, stress and sleep are kind of the same thing. But just to say is that if you get those fundamentals down packed, then everything's good. But when it comes to diet, what people need to understand is that the way diet affects your stress is really fundamentally based on inflammation. So what you're eating, causing this, I like to imagine inflammation is like a little fire that's happening within you. And it's always there at different levels, depending on what you're eating, essentially, and, 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 and how you're living. So when it comes to uh, the diet aspect of stress, and, and the big problem that we're seeing these days is the overconsumption of omega-6 fatty acids. So I'm sure you've heard of me talk about seed oils, 
Um, most processed mm -hmm. foods on the market or anything that's kind of ultra processed or manufactured in a big manufacturing plant and, and given to the, to, to the masses to eat, you know, a lot of the times they're using these cheapy oils like soybean oil, there's palm oil, all of these things have, you know, why they're using it in the, in these manufacturing processes is that it's very, very cheap. And number two, it has a, it has a very low fat content. Well, uh, I'm talking about saturated fats. It's, it's very low in saturated fat. So the kind of problem you have with that is that saturated fats on, on themselves aren't the problem. It's different types of saturated fats. So when you combine, when you look at omega-6 as you, you basically what you have in your body is something called an omega-6 and omega-3 ratio. So that's the way your body kind of tapers down and determines how big these flames of inflammation are going to be at in the, in the certain part of your body. So the way I can explain it is this ratio in the Western society where most people are eating these omega-6 fats is very, very high in omega-6 and very, very low in omega-3s. So you tend to find something like omega-3 in grass-fed beef, a lot in uh, you know, wild salmon, uh, fish has a lot of omega-3. So most people are not eating a lot of these things. They're turning to these ultra-processed fast foods, you know, fast food joints, all of all these different fast food restaurants use a ton of omega-6 oils in their foods. And that's what most people these days are kind of looking for convenience rather than taking the time and cooking themselves quality foods. So they, they go to these kinds of foods and they overconsume them, which debalances this omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. You know, the average uh, North American uh, individual is at a ratio of 20 to 1 omega-6 to omega-3. So we're 20 times more than what we should be, which is a ratio of 1 to 1. So you can imagine like this is what people are living with day in, day out. And that definitely has an effect on your brain because inflammation in your body definitely means there's inflammation in your brain. And another way to call, I call that is neuroinflammation. So a lot of research is coming out now where they're looking at inflammation in the brain equals stress in the person. So these are things you have to consider when you're talking about stress. Yeah. And, and you see this all over the United States. I mean, you go on YouTube, you go on really any social media, you can go on the search engines that are kind of optimized for business, not necessarily accurate information. Um, you'll see a lot of this information where it's like, you know, cook food with canola oil or, or safflower oil, sunflower oil, whatever. And, and it's used so often that it's, it, it's kind of become mainstream. People think it's, you know, it's considered the, the oils and fats to cook with and to use in general. And you can understand why this is such a high correlation with the stress levels that are increasing year by year here in the United States. You, you mentioned like these pillars of stress management, you know, sleep, sunlight, food, exercise, and you've given kind of these like big pillars within food, at least. You said, you know, the omega-3, omega-6 ratio, which is critical. Can you touch upon a little bit more on sleep, sunlight, and exercise and how they um, correlate with stress? Yeah, so <clears throat> why I've kind of included those three things as the main pillars was to make it a very broad fashion about what most people should focus on when it comes to stress. But really, when I, when I talk about stress with my clients or anybody that's kind of looking to enhance what's, what's going on with stress and, and you know, minimize that in their lives, I, I really look at, at four main things uh, with my clients. So I look at blood sugar imbalances. 
I look at inflammation, like I just mentioned before. So what is their inflammatory state? Are they over, are they too inflamed? Uh, is that what's causing the stress? I look at, so I look at the sleep problems as well. Like, are they sleeping well at night? Are they, are they getting the rest they're looking for? And the other, the fourth pillar that I look at is how are they perceiving their stress? That kind of goes to the brain, to the neurotransmitters I talked about. So neurotransmitters are just basically brain chemicals that your brain uses to calm, uh, calm yourself down, focus, move, uh, you, know, you know, move your muscles, that sort of thing. So mainly the, the biggest issue that I see with most of my clients that have stress problems and, uh, you know, a high perception of their stress is uh, usually it has to do with serotonin and GABA. And these two uh, neurotransmitters, brain chemicals, as you would call them, are the relaxation, the calming neurotransmitters in your brain. So your brain, when it perceives stress, will release these two brain chemicals, these two neurotransmitters to instantly calm you down. GABA relaxes you, serotonin brings you into the moment. So these things are vital uh, at dealing with stress and managing it in a quick and efficient way. The problem with most people is that they don't give their body the necessary raw materials from the foods that they're eating to build these brain chemicals. And based on the lifestyle that they're living on, this cycle kind of continues and continues. The brain tries to, to taper it down and calm things down. And at one point it hits like a brick wall because it's been overstressed. It's got no more reserves of this stuff. So it kind of like down, down regulates. It's almost like your body's like, Hey man, like I've been trying to tell you that you're super stressed, but you've done nothing about it. Well, I'm just going to shut off and I'm going to stop doing my job because you're not listening to me. So once mm. these things drop, you know, that's where the big severe problems come in, the severe anxiety, the severe depression. So, um, you know, I'm a big proponent and relaying the information that uh, if you don't manage your stress as soon as possible by working on those four pillars, blood sugar imbalances, the way you perceive your stress, so neurotransmitters, your inflammation and your sleep, if you don't work on those four things, once you're experiencing these stressful events, then in the long term, what's going to take the biggest hit is your mental health. And we don't want to get to that point. I'm a huge believer that if you catch these problems as early as possible and start dealing with them in a very functional, holistic way, you could pull yourself out of it and stop the vicious cycle uh, from ever getting to the point. You know, the reason why I do what I do is that I, I went to that limit. I pushed my body to the point where it was completely burnt out and I was like, you know, in a depression and in, in severe anxiety. And I know I had to pull myself out of it, but people don't have to get to that point. Really, if, if you start noticing that there's, you know, stress is a big part of your life and it's something that you don't want to experience anymore, there's tons of resources out there. Really, the biggest issue that I find is that you have to take the initiative, right? It comes down to you. Your stress you know, the outside world will throw whatever it has to throw at you. It all depends on how, what you do to prevent that and, and mitigate the negative effects that are being pushed towards you. So it comes down to really those four pillars. And once you get those things down, uh, you know, the, those, the three pillars that I mentioned before, the sunlight, exercise, and eating healthy, all kind of, they're, they're kind of together, right? It's, it's part of the same ecosystem. So that's why, you know, I, I just want to kind of, I want to dive deeper into what I kind of consider the four pillars of stress and what people should look at when they're working on them. Yeah, what's cool about what you said, John, is 
with the exception of food, I'd say, all these pillars are low cost or pretty much free. And, you know, they've been around for mm -hmm. thousands of years. This is not tied to some kind of marketing strategy. It's just human nature. And so that's a, a mm -hmm. test of its effectiveness and also just legitimacy, right? This is something that actually just makes intuitive sense for people to do. They can go outside, go for a walk, smell the, the fresh air, listen to the birds. That's in itself a therapeutic practice, going to sleep and getting enough rest. And after an ex exercise, you feel the endorphins rushing through you. This is stuff that people can feel and therefore right. has just more authenticity. So um, I think listeners will appreciate all this. Yeah, absolutely, man. But the way I kind of look at things as well is, and, and what most people should start doing and, and kind of building this mindset over simplicity. This most, the more simple you make your habits, the more simple things are for you to get to the, that promised land of, you know, being less stressed or being healthy or losing that weight. Keep things simple. Don't be drastic. I, I find now it's the stuff that's very popular is the stuff that's on the extremes, the very drastic measures to lose weight or to manage your stress. You know, people need to, you know, not go too simplistic where they don't do anything and they just take a pill and it solves their problem, right? But they also shouldn't, you know, dramatically change their lives where just in doing that, that could be a very aggressive stressor for somebody that's trying to lower stress. So you have to find that balance. You have to find that simplicity and you have to do the little things. Every small little action, like you said, the small, you know, the walk, the, the cutting out of the junk food uh, or, you know, or minimization of it, getting the sunlight in the morning, just standing outside while you have your coffee or your glass of water. These small things every day consistently will add up to huge changes over time. Now, agreed. And, and you know what? When you start doing these things, practically speaking, you start to feel uh, a small difference day by day in these gradual steps. And I, I think this builds a sort of momentum, a kind of a, a motivation to keep going because you're actually seeing the benefits of these, of these micro changes uh, every single day. So that, that I think helps with the stress as well, you know, because it's also just a, a way of perception, you know, the way you're seeing things. So if you're following through with this approach, the pillars of stress management, I think you're going to find yourself a little more at ease and, and calm and collected as time goes on, which then helps you really double down on these four pillars further. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the more you focus on these on these four pillars, the quicker the results are going to be. And everybody's just got to, you know, it's it's about making your life as easy as possible and managing your environment. The environment is the biggest key for me. What I've noticed is that the more I'm kind of having a lot, a lot of decisions to make, having a lot of things on my plate, the more it, it feeds into my stress. So going back again to the simplicity, make your life and your day to day as easy as, and as effortless as possible. And in doing so, your stress is just going to dissipate over time. That's some great advice, John. Uh, to close the interview, do you want to give listeners an idea of where they can find you online and maybe any projects you're currently involved in? Sure, man. Uh, so most, uh, I'm doing most of my work right now on Twitter. So my, it's, my handle is my name at John Constance. I'm basically, you know, my, my mission is to make health simple, teach people how their bodies work in order to give them that resilience to overcome the daily challenges they're going through. I mean, really, uh, one of the main things, you know, that I want people to remember from, from, for me is that health doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, it almost seems that, 
when you turn on the news and you you look at science these days, it's just everything's just so complicated and nobody understands what's the, what the heck's going on. So my goal is to break that and to make it easy for everybody, so that at the end of the day, everybody's going to be healthier and happier. And that's what I do. What I that's why I do what I do. Excellent. Thank you so much, John. Thank you so much, Alejandro.